The homilies for sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at Christ the King Catholic Church in South Bend, Indiana, a parish of the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the Gospel of the Day. While these homilies are the same in content as those preached, they have been recreated to improve the sound quality of the podcast. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the days for Jesus being taken up were fulfilled, he resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On the way, they entered a Samaritan village to prepare for his reception there. But they would not welcome him, because the destination of his journey was Jerusalem. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they journeyed to another village. As they were proceeding on their journey, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered him, Foxes have dens, and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. And to another he said, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But he answered him, Let the dead bury their dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to my family at home. To him Jesus said, No one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what was left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord. You know, by the time we've seen Elisha ox roast his livelihood and heard Paul talk about the struggle between the spirit and the flesh, followed by Jesus' comments about the challenges of following him, we have to be careful that we don't buy into the world's bill of goods that the life of a follower of Christ is so hard, so unrealistically difficult by today's standards. The world would have us believe that being a Christian is a constant struggle, almost impossible to live and sustain. The best any of us can be expected to do is simply to get to church on Sunday and try, and I emphasize try, to live a good life. But, they tell us, since it's so hard and unrealistic, making any effort from time to time is enough to be counted among the faithful. It's not so important that we understand what the church teaches, let alone the basis for the teaching, because whatever it is, it simply occupies a small portion of our focus, of our intention day to day, as we struggle to respond to all the other demands of the world in which we live. The world would tell us that God, church, faith play only a minor supporting role in our lives, not a life-changing one. In order for us to make dramatic changes in our lives, it's going to require significant financial incentive or a major family or personal need. The idea that the throwing of a cloak over us, as Elijah did with Elisha, or the simple call of Jesus to follow me, would result in a dramatic life change is not realistic. And the idea that such a call would result in us walking away from our family, our livelihood, at a moment's notice, well... That seems preposterous. But the truth is that this worldview of the challenges of following Jesus, of entering into the personal relationship that he is calling us to, is fundamentally flawed in that it overlooks a basic truth of the decision to follow. 
During the summer months, I play golf at a local golf course on Wednesday evenings. The format is a scramble, which, if you are not familiar with golf, is a competition in which a team of four golfers plays against other teams and tries to obtain the best score that they can on each hole by all of them playing from only the best shot that any one of them has hit. They then record just one team score for each hole. I really like this format because when I hit a bad shot, which is often, I can just pick up my ball, if I can find it, and play from where one of the better players in the group has hit their shot. The teams are randomly formed each week, and the team has to make a group decision about what shot to play, what order to hit, how a putt will break, and so on. So each week, the team has to basically make uh, an informal decision, so to speak, about whose opinion in the group such matters will carry the most weight. Basically, the group decides each week who will lead and who will follow. As you would expect, this decision is usually based on who is the best golfer and who has the most local knowledge about the course. Once that is established, the rest of the group usually comfortably follows that person's lead for the round. My point being that in life, the decision to follow someone, whether for a round of golf or something far greater, is based on the follower's view of the talent, knowledge, ability, expertise, and such of the potential leader. No one is going to follow the golf advice of the golfer who hits bad shot after bad shot or gives inaccurate or faulty information about the course. And this is where the worldview has gone wrong with regard to the decision to follow the call of God, whether it be Elisha following Elijah or the apostles, or any of us for that matter, following Jesus. The non-believing world doesn't get, and we may sometimes lose sight of, who it is we are being asked to follow. It is, after all, God himself, Jesus Christ. I mean, if we were at the golf course and they put Tiger Woods or Jack Nicklaus in their prime in our scramble group, do you think that there would be a lot of thought or discussion about whether or not we would follow their lead? Not likely. Well, being asked to follow Jesus is like being asked to play with all the greatest golfers that ever lived rolled into one times a thousand. It is not a request like any other, because the one who is making it is not like any other. Because while the decision to follow Jesus may include its challenges, the decision to follow Jesus is the decision to fulfill the very destiny for which we were created. For he is the God who created us. This Jesus in the gospel, speaking to these would-be followers, is the God of Abraham, Moses, David, and Elijah. It is the same God. The same God. This Jesus calling to us right now, here, today, to follow him, is the Jesus of Mary, Joseph, Peter, John, and Paul. He is the same Jesus. The same Jesus that spoke these words is present on this altar, in this tabernacle, and calls us to follow him today more closely than we did yesterday and more completely tomorrow. The all-powerful, almighty God, who, if we choose to follow, empowers us to work 
for the very salvation of the parents and family he asks us to put him ahead of. The Jesus that calls us to minimize our dependence on material goods is the same Jesus who promised in Matthew 19.29 that everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters, father, mother, children, or lands for the sake of my name will receive a hundred times more and will inherit eternal life. The decision to follow Jesus is based not on who we think we are, but on who we know Jesus to be. And since the whole idea of following Jesus is based on the fact that he is the holy, mighty, awesome, loving, merciful God, then as his followers, we are called to think and act as he has taught. So being a follower doesn't mean asking Jesus to call down fire from heaven to consume a village for bad manners, but it does mean praying for the conversion and salvation of the people in that village. And it doesn't mean that a favorable Supreme Court decision resolves a difficult issue when that issue still requires thoughtful and compassionate legislation and an increased commitment on the part of the faithful to meet the needs and care for the women and their unborn children in crisis pregnancies. It does mean that we should contemplate, meditate, reflect, and pray on the fact that Jesus is God, something, someone that is totally and completely beyond anything else that exists, the be-all and end-all of the universe. Jesus isn't one choice among many options. He is the choice that we were created with a free will to make. And as we grow in our appreciation for who he is and what that means, our ability to follow him becomes less of a challenge and more of a no-brainer natural progression of that belief. If we work on more fully grasping who Jesus is and what he has done for us, then choosing to follow him becomes quite simply no choice at all. For questions or comments on this podcast, email deaconjoe2017 at gmail.com.